for what was left of her family. Your little sister was still at home. She was quiet and furtive and hanging out with the kind of girls who would talk her into doing things she should not do, like sneak into a bar to hear music and never come home again. On the day we signed our divorce papers, your mother told me that her only hope was that one day we would find your body. That was what she clung to. The idea that one day, eventually, we could lay you down in your final resting place. I said that we might just find you in Chicago or Santa Fe or Portland or some artistic commune that you had wandered off to because you were always a free spirit. Your mother was not surprised to hear me say this. This was a time when the pendulum of hope still swung back and forth between us, so that some days she took to her bed with sorrow, and some days she came home from the store with a shirt or a sweater or a pair of jeans that she would give you when you returned home to us. I remember clearly the day I lost my hope. I was working at the veterinary office downtown. Someone brought in an abandoned dog. The creature was pitiful, obviously abused. He was mostly yellow lab, though his fur was ashen from the elements. Barbs were clumped in his haunches. There were hot spots on his bare skin where he'd scratched too much, or licked too much, or done the things dogs try to do when they are left alone to soothe themselves. I spent some time with him to let him know he was safe. I let him lick the back of my hand. I let him get used to my scent. After he calmed, I started the examination. He was an older dog, but until recently, his teeth had been well kept. A surgical scar indicated that at some point, an injured knee had been carefully and expensively repaired. The obvious abuse the animal suffered had not yet worked its way into his muscle memory. Whenever I put my hand to his face, the weight of his head fell into the palm of my hand. I looked into the dog's woeful eyes, and my mind filled in details from this poor creature's life. I had no way of knowing the truth, but my heart understood this was what had happened. He had not been abandoned. He had wandered off or slipped his leash. His owners had gone to the store or left for vacation, and somehow a gate accidentally left open. A fence jumped. A door left ajar by a well-meaning house sitter. This beloved creature had found himself walking the streets with no sense of which direction would take him back home and a group of kids, or an unspeakable monster or a combination of all, had found this dog and turned him from an adored pet into a hunted beast. Like my father, I have devoted my life to treating animals. But this was the first time I had ever made the connection between the horrible things people do to animals 
and the even more horrific things they do to other human beings. Here was how a chain ripped flesh. Here was the damage wrought by kicking feet and punching fists. Here is what a human being looked like when they wandered off into a world that did not cherish them, did not love them, did not ever want them to go home. Your mother was right. The details tore me apart. Chapter One the downtown Atlanta restaurant was empty except for a lone businessman in a corner booth and a bartender who seemed to think he had mastered the art of flirty conversation. The pre-dinner rush was starting its slow wind-up. Cutlery and china clashed in the kitchen. The chef bellowed.